Hello, this is Reverend Mary Ellen Swartz. I am an ordained Unity minister, and it is my pleasure to be recording this podcast. And today, I want to share some of the uh, st- uh, not stories, but really aphorisms of Jesus. They're like statements that contain a lot of uh, message within them. I just say that as far as we know, Jesus didn't leave any written documents with his wisdom teachings, but we do have access to his teachings through stories or parables that people remembered and then told others about that later that was written down. And so um, because Jesus had this ability to construct each story in such a way there, there's just a, many levels of meaning uh, there to be discovered by us whenever we study a parable or we study an aphorism. So Jesus taught through parables and he taught through uh, these provocative, kind of like one-liners, you might say. They're really more than one line. So um, whereas a parable has uh, is a story that has many levels of of stories within it or many other stories within it. An aphorism is really um, very brief saying um, that will hopefully challenge one to consider some deeper applications of that thought. And I think of uh, really they're almost subversive because they seem to go against conventional wisdom and um, they invite us to see life and see spirituality from a different level. There are many sayings of Jesus that begin with, you have heard it said of old, but I say to you. And that to me is almost like a clue that's like, pay attention. I'm taking this subject to another level. So the aphorisms that I want to look at today with you are found in the fifth chapter of Matthew, verses 5, 7, and 8. So there are three of them that I want to look at today. The first one, you have heard it said, be kind to your friend and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless anyone who curses you, do good to anyone who hates you, and pray for those who carry you away by force and persecute you. For if you love only those who love you, what reward will you have? Even the tax collectors do the same thing. And the second one is, Judge not that you may not be judged. For with the same judgment that you judge, you will be judged. And with the same measure with which you measure, it will be measured to you. And the third one, come after me and let the dead bury the dead. So, earlier I mentioned that Jesus' uh, teachings were almost teachings that went against conventional wisdom. And the one about loving your enemies is a perfect example of this. The conventional wisdom would be, and of that day, in that particular culture, was um, 
love your enemy or love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, this was not in the Hebrew scriptures, but it was the traditional thinking and practice of the day. You know, the the enemy uh, of your enemy was your friend in a sense. And that's still kind of a, a way of thinking for many in in some cultures. But um, so he's saying here to love your enemy. And paraphrasing, he said, if you just love those who love you, what have you accomplished? How does that help you? In other words, to the people of the day, he's saying, this is not any better than a tax collector does. And of course, most people realize that tax collectors of that day, uh, also publicans, known as publicans, uh, they were collectors of the Roman taxes from the local people. And so it's sort of like if someone would stoop to collecting taxes for their oppressor, well, that's just about as low as one could go. One criticism we might remember that was leveled against Jesus was that he ate with a tax collector. So that's, that was really a considered off limits. So the conventional wisdom even today is something like fight back. If someone hits you, you hit them 10 times harder. And what Jesus might be teaching with this is that following that kind of practice doesn't end conflict. You get hit, so you hit them. Uh, they get hit, so they hit harder. But it doesn't get one off of the treadmill of the conflict. Hate for hate doesn't change anything. It just adds more energy to the hate. I like to say that Jesus is teaching us a form of spiritual jujitsu. You know, some of you might be familiar with jujitsu in that it teaches the it, the way to use an opponent's force against himself rather than opposing it. So like as a spiritual principle, I think Jesus was teaching us a form of inner jujitsu when we learn to resist not evil, turn the other cheek, uh, whoever demands something from you, go go a little uh, more. You know, give a little more. Someone requires something of you, uh, do more than is required, and so on. So the bottom line seems to be: if you can learn to respond differently, then you will set into motion some energy that will bring about a different outcome in your life, and. I sense that Jesus is always putting the emphasis on the individual and what's going on within each of us. So, why should we love our enemy? Why love those dirty, rotten scoundrels? Why love that SOB who doesn't deserve it, who was abusive, who was, you know irresponsible, who was a cheater, and so on. Um, 
Why love those lying politicians? My sense is he's teaching us that it's not so much that we do it because they deserve it, but we do it knowing that we deserve it. And this is a very empowering teaching. You know, we, we have to get beyond the thought of what somebody else deserves and move into the level of understanding that it's about what we deserve and that what we deserve is, is based upon how we are using energy. In unity, we teach acknowledging the Christ or the God self in another person, regardless of whether or not they know it or whether or not they seemingly deserve it. We teach it that it's important that we know it because our deserving is connected with it. And that's what affects us. A friend of mine, dear friend of mine, a few years back was having a real issue with a politician. And we talked about how to bless so that she wasn't constantly stirred up by uh, what this person said or did or whatever. And so she came up with a way to help her. And so she found a picture of this politician, cut it out of the newspaper or whatever. I don't know how she got it. And she carried it with her. And every time she looked at it, she said, I bless you. And she did this over a period of time to the point where she said she could actually feel a blessing. Did it help him? Who knows? But it did help her. Judge not that you be not judged. With the same measure with which you measure, it will be measured to you. This is the next aphorism or simple statement of teaching. Judge not that you be not judged. I kind of think about this one as being the golden rule on steroids. It's like the golden rule, but it's on steroids. And, and think about this. When we judge another as less than their true self, we set into motion the law of circulation or the law of cause and effect. And what we send back out comes back to us. It's sort of like a boomerang. It just, it always knows where we are. It knows our address, knows where we happen to be. But it comes back not as punishment, and I think this is important for us to realize, but simply as an effect uh, for us to relook at what we've been sending out or what relook at what we have planted. And so it's like it comes back and, and we get to decide if we want more of it, if we want more like it. If we do, we keep doing what we've been doing. If we don't, well, it's decision time. What can I do to change what I'm sending out? What can I do that will make a difference in what I get back? With what measure you meet is the next one. It will be measured to you. In other words, your standard of measure is the only measure available for your good to flow through to get back to you. In other words, it's the measure that we measure things. It's like the 
the measuring cup for everything that we receive as well. Our love, our peace, our joy, our abundance. And here again, Jesus is bringing our well-being into focus here. When we limit the generosity of our thought towards others, it's because it's because of our own sense of limitation. And so my sense is that Jesus is indicating that this is all connected and no part is separate from another. Have you noticed, as I have, that what annoys me about another usually just reminds me of something that's annoying about myself? If, I, if I'm really honest, it's like, that is so annoying about my own self. In uh, Unity, we have a teaching about the 12 powers. And one of the, the those 12 powers is judgment. And it's like our innate spiritual power of judgment. So when Jesus says not to judge in a manner that we don't want to be judged, he is saying we want to learn to use our spiritual power of judgment in a correct way, in a higher way. In other words, not based on appearances and not based on information uh, or misinformation, more, more likely misinformation, and, and not on the label somebody else has given either to us or another person. By the way, this subject of misinformation, when we see things on social media, it's really important for us to uh, check out where that is coming from. Make sure that it's correct information and not misinformation that we then are going to be distracted by. That's just something I, I'm, I'm learning and practicing for my own self. Don't believe the first thing that you hear or first thing that you see about something. Do a little research. doesn't take long, but it can really help. So the kind of judgment or the way we use judgment is that we want to practice spiritual judgment, not judgmentalness or condemnation or negative criticism, um, because that uh, detours our good. So what kind of judgment do we want? The kind that holds the vision of the highest and best of ourselves highest and best of others. To judge rightly takes understanding. There's a saying, it's very, very true about not judging until you've, not judging another until you've walked a mile and in his or her shoes or in their footsteps. And there's a lot to that. So why is Jesus teaching about not, not judging others? Because it's going to react on us. As I said, it's like the golden rule on steroids. So we want to do unto others what we want done to us, and, it's, and it is all connected. So when we use the power of judgment as far as things in this dimension, um, it doesn't always mean being judgmental. I just want to say this last thing about it. See, we're always judging, and that's not bad. We're always judging, do I like this taste, or do I prefer that? Do I like this kind of artwork, 
or do I prefer that? Do I like this kind of music or do, do I prefer that? That's not harsh. That's not being judgmental. That's just making a decision about what we prefer. The last saying is about letting the dead bury the dead. When Jesus uses the word dead, uh, he's using it in a, it in a symbolic way. He isn't referring to a corpse. Uh, he's using the word in an esoteric sense. Actually, let the bed, dead bury the dead is an Aramaic idiom, and it simply means get your priorities straight. Realign your priorities. Spend your time and your energy on what's life-giving, what's really important. Let bygones be bygones. Don't keep the old grievances. Um, you know, let them be. But as we said before, every teaching of Jesus has many levels within it. One level is a reminder that if we are serious about going higher in our spiritual understanding, then we have to get our thoughts and attitudes and reactions in order. We need to get them, get our priorities in order. If we're going to go higher in spiritual understanding, then we have to put the past in the past. We have to leave it where it belongs. Now, we probably aren't able to totally leave the past, but we do have a choice about whether we let the the past mistakes or unhappy memories take over our present. So let the dead bury the dead. Let the past be in the past. We don't need to bring those memories into our now. And that's a choice. That is a choice that we can make. We can stop ourselves when we find it happening. We say, Wait a minute. That's not what I want to focus on. That's not in my priority today. It also can be a reminder not to sustain a belief in the past. Let the dead bury the dead. The past only exists in our thoughts about it, really. And so when we have a belief in the past and uh, as limiting us or defining us or someone else, it, it stands in our way. And it's like we make it more important than the confronting moment. So Jesus is, say, is saying, you follow me. To follow me, let the dead bury the dead. Let the past stay in the past and step into the new experience and spiritual understanding. So, reminder as we go into the rest of the day and the rest of the week, love your enemies, practice it, find a way. Have a picture of the person if need be, light a candle for them, whatever. But find a way to get your thoughts on another level than the level of of the the hate or the resent resentfulness. Judge not so that you will not be judged or that you won't have that same level of judgment. And, and it's not our place to judge. Our, it's our, our place to make a spiritual judgment. But a judgmentalness, that's not our place. We don't know. We don't have enough information to judge. And then finally, let the dead bury the dead. Leave the past in the past as best you can. Don't let the past define you. You're more 
than what you've ever thought, said, or done. You are more. You're always more. And so as you go into today and this week and the rest of your life, go feeling free and empowered. The power within you is greater than the past. The power within you is greater than what anyone else has ever done to you. The power within you is greater. And when we remember that, then we can go forward in our strength. So God bless you and have a wonderful day, wonderful week. And that's my joy in sharing this time with you. We'll be back again later, another time. Bye for now.